folks, are you in for a treat tonight? Just like every Monday night when we're here recording the Rec Poker podcast, I know I feel like the luckiest guy in the world because I am, because I get to hang out here with members of the Wrecking Crew, premium Rec Poker members, and just the cream of the crop when it comes to the poker world. No doubt about it. My name's Jim Reed, Bluffsterini in the home games, and at Rec Poker Jim on Twitter, which is where I like to hang out. Um, I'm here with all my friends from the Wrecking Crew. We got to thank our sponsors, Running Aces Hotel Racetrack and Casino, and website Mark over at website Amp. There, that's uh, Mark Prashan, who makes all the magic happen here. He's our technical director. Because it takes a village to do what we do here at Rec Poker. I'm the host, but I basically just show up and press record, screw up the audio cues, and then move on with my day. Uh, it takes folks like uh, Chris and Rob and John and Taylor. Uh, other Wrecking Crew members, premium members who help support us every month with their $15. And uh, that's what we're here to celebrate, this wonderful thing that we've built at Rec Poker for passionate recreational poker players like us. So if you want to learn more about the Wrecking Crew and how you can get more involved and about some of the other members that are on the Wrecking Crew, you can go to rec.poker slash crew, uh, or you can just listen up because you're going to meet a few of them right now. Uh, well, I'm Chris Jones. You can find me 5B5 on Twitter or 5x5 on the Poker Stars home game. And I'm John Somsky. I'm known as Poker Geek MN everywhere. And I'm Rob Washam, and I'm Rabman50 just about everywhere. I'm Taylor Moss. You can find me on Twitter at, at Taylor underscore Moss or in the Rec Poker home game as Gopher Boy TJM. And I'm Jim Reed, and I'm trying not to swallow my tongue laughing at some of the comments I'm seeing in the chat here about the odds or the over-under on how many audio cue-ups we're gonna uh, screw-ups we're gonna have in one session. So that there's some good there's some good comedy gold here. I think we might have to like save copy and paste the chat from this and put it in the show notes or something like this. We're all trying our best here, folks. Okay. We're all just doing our best. Anyway, um, we have a lot of fun here on the Rec Poker Podcast, in case you can't tell. And uh, every Monday night, we get a chance to pull a hand from our forums and talk about it here on the show. Uh, We're usually duking it out in the Monday night home game, one of 10 play money home games that John Somsky runs every week over here at Rec Poker. You can play for free and win real prizes. So I would go check that out at uh, rec.poker slash home games uh, or home game if you want to get more involved in that. And uh, we're blessed again to have uh, our premium member, John Crowell, here in the conversation with us. Uh, premium members are welcome to join our podcast uh, uh, recordings every week. So I encourage folks, if there's a, a, a hand from the forums that you're interested in talking about, uh, post it in the forums. Email me, jim at rec.poker, and say, hey, I want to talk about this on the air, or just show up. Just come on by. You can see it if you go to rec.poker. The calendar has the recordings of all of our shows there. If you're a premium member, you've got access. Click the link and join the fun. Um, So tonight, uh, we're joined by John, as I say. We're going to be looking at a post, not from the forums, but from our Discord channel. So in case you don't know, um, most of what we do here is free. The YouTube channel is free. The podcast is free. The forums are free. Uh, The Discord channel is free. The home games are free. Uh, The road trips are free. Uh, all the stuff that we do on social. There's just a ton of different ways to engage with us without spending a dime. And um, there's also our premium membership, 
which is going to lay you back, folks. That's a whole $15 a month. That's one and a five, 15. I know it sounds like a lot, but I guarantee you, uh, you're going to find some great value if you join our membership, our premium membership program. Um, but the first month is only $5. Use the code RECPOKER and uh, give yourself a shot at what we do here every month. We have different learning uh, opportunities, multiple every day. Not actually on Fridays, we only have one. But most of the days of the week, there are multiple ways to get involved with Rec Poker here, whether it's in our community uh, or our premium membership. And I encourage everyone to come and do it. So uh, if you go to rec.poker slash community slash discord, you will find the link to join our discord channel. It's a great way to uh, chat in real time. And it's a great complement to our forums, which are sort of more of like a deep dive into some of the subjects that we look at. Uh, Discord's a great place to just kind of come and share your thoughts immediately and move on. And uh, one of the things that we're going to be looking at today is a post from Kek Geek. So this is the young Kek Geek. This is Jacob Kiki. And uh, listeners to the show know who Jacob Kiki is. He's an excellent poker player who last year called his shot and said he was going to win 20 home games in the month of 2021, in the year of 2021. And God bless his golden socks. That's not an expression. There's a cotton socks, cotton socks. That's it. We're going with cotton socks. We don't do any editing here because we're a largely volunteer organization. So we're just going to keep that in for all our because listeners. Could you imagine how that would go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a hole with no bottom, right? That's got to be a Canadian saying because I've never heard anybody <laughs> God, say that before. God what bless your cotton socks. That's the God expression. bless your cotton socks. I've yes. never heard that before. There, well, there, and you've been around, man. So I don't know. That's you, We got to get you into more Canuckian rooms. All right. So at me, please, uh, on Twitter, if you've heard that expression or you haven't heard that expression, because I, I swear I'm not that old uh, or, or old timey. John, have you heard that expression? I see you unmuted there for a second. No, I was just saying that's got to be Canadian, eh? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you'd think cotton socks would be helpful in the frozen tundra. Uh, That does make a lot of sense. You might need it up there in the Arctic Circle, right, Chris? Yeah, let's get, let's get, uh, tag your tweets, hashtag never heard. Uh, let's get that trending. Because yeah. what other country would be blessed to have cotton socks? Like, you need to have them in those cold winters up in it's Canada, true. right? Like that's it's where it's got to come from, right? Yeah. You know, cotton has remarkable wicking properties. And as a layer, it really can't be beat when you're up here on the frozen tundra. So God bless all of your cotton socks. Except okay, you'd right? really want wool socks. Oh, God damn it. You're right. You would want wool socks. Okay. Well, as you can see, I'm not Les Stroud, Survivor Man. Um, uh, You sweat, you die. That is the rule up here. But I live uh, pretty close to the southern border uh, with this uh, series of barbarians just south of us. And uh, I'm actually, I say south of us, but I think I'm just laterally connected to minnesota i think you're we're actually, south of us i you're might be south, south of you yeah. Yeah, yeah we're here in the in the golden horseshoe as we like to call it um all right see i told you we could get more off rails chris you told me that it wasn't going to happen but i knew we could find a way to get off the rails before we even got started here um so jacob kiki wonderful poker player uh, he nailed his prediction. He did win 20 rec poker home games in the year 2021. It took him right up until like mid to late 
uh, December, uh, but he did it. It's it, one of the perform one of the most impressive performances I've seen. And um, I'm so glad that he's the one posting this because it just goes to show that this can happen to anybody. So I'm just going to read the post here and then we'll get into uh, uh, some of our responses. So uh, Jacob says, does anyone have any advice in dealing with a downswing? I'm probably in my biggest downswing of my life. I still feel like I'm playing well and getting my money in good. Like today at Canterbury, I lost half my stack with a set of fours to a runner-runner gut shot straight. And then in brackets says, guy put 90% of his stack in behind, which is exactly what we want to be happening, of course. Um, Then lost the rest of his stack with trip aces to a rivered boat, all in on the flop. And so you can tell from the parentheses already that Jacob feels like he's getting his money in good here. And it's just not going his way. People are, you know, making the kind of mistakes we want them to make when they're in hands with us, but they're getting there on the river. And he says, just some general advice I'd appreciate. It's not like playing online where I can uh, lost stakes. I'm not sure what he means by that. He means lower. Yeah, where you can just move down in stakes. And I think also not like when you're playing online, you can also just boot up another tournament or another cash game. You know, when you're playing live, getting that you know losing to that runner runner if it takes you out of the tournament or off the table the consequences to your life you know your day-to-day life are greater because now you got to get in the car and drive home or, or play something else that you don't enjoy as much or something like that so i think it does it does make a difference um so there were some really good comments here in the chat already uh i wanted to just jump in because i i I have had this experience, and I'm sure we all have when you're on a downswing. Um, and the the thing that's frustrating about it for me is when you are making good decisions and getting it in good and just getting outdrawn. And I think we all kind of, we know intellectually that variance is a thing and that you're not entitled to win the hand when you get your cards in good or your chips in good. and We've all told other people, oh, but friend, you should be happy that your opponents are making those mistakes because in the long run, you're going to benefit from from being a better poker player. It's like, yes, yes, I know that it's true, but I just want to win a hand. <laughs> you know, I just want to make a big bet and have it go my way. Uh, the The most recent example for me was on a recent trip to Las Vegas for the series. I was playing a cash game at Aria. And it was such a good table. It was a dream table to be in. Um, people were very swingy. People were shoving stacks with like second pair and other people were calling, calling with back doors. And uh, there was this one moment where this one player was getting frustrated with the dealer. And so he 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 was just tripping. Like he he was actually tilted. Uh, where he had over 400, this is a one, three game. He had over $450 in front of him and he just kept going in blind and just like leaving it in the middle from hand till hand until someone would take it away from him. Cause he was just like over it. You could tell. I was like, Oh, just give me a hand, please just give me a hand to get in with this. But the hand that, that really broke my heart was uh, it was early position, raise call, call, I three bet on the button with King Queen of Hearts and get a call from the blinds. Everybody else calls. 
So we're five-handed in a three-bet pot. I've got tons of chips behind. And the flop comes 10-jack-4 with two hearts. So I've got two overs. I've got the over open-ended straight draw. I've got the flush draw. And it just felt like I had every possible out in the game. Uh, and the action went in front of me, uh, bet, raise, call. And so there's just like all this money in the pot. And I've got exactly the kind of hand I want to have in that spot. So I, I go all in. We all end up all in on this hand. And this is just like, mm, bring it on. You know, like I just I can't wait for my nine or king or queen or ace or heart to hit so that I can claim my rightful prize of all this money that's in I'm entitled to in the middle of the pot. So it bricked out and I lost the pot. Um, but it was it was the first time in a while where I felt like, damn it. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know if it was because it was a week of uh punting world series of poker bracelet events and only ever making money at the cash table but i i was i felt like wait this is where i'm supposed to be making money i go lose money playing in these tournaments and this is the spot like this is this is where i'm supposed to be turning it around and doing well and uh and it's it's a it's a leak it's a leak it's it's this entitlement leak that we feel like we are owed you know e- even at that table and i you know at that table, I feel like I had a skill edge on the players there. I had the stack. I wasn't tired. You know, like everything was on paper going my way. And I did let myself get upset by this. I just, you know, hand after hand, I was putting money in good and losing. And it, I, I was getting a little tilted by it. And not not to the point of like losing control of the table or anything like that. But, you know, I... It's hard for me to not want to smile. It's just like I'm usually smiling, especially if I'm at the poker table. Um, but I did start. I was starting to feel like disheartened uh, by the end of it. Just like I couldn't catch a break, even though I'm talking about your first world problems. Um, and none of the tricks that I told myself or that I would tell other people helped. Like telling myself it's just variance. Telling myself that you know it's going to happen a certain frequency of the time, a certain percentage of the time. Um, I wasn't, it just wasn't like making my, my bad feelings go away. So uh, what, what have you guys done in the past that's worked for this? And like, I think it's one thing for me when it's one night at the table and I'm just kind of feeling bummed about that, but it's another thing where this is a cloud that's hanging over you tournament after tournament or day after day or week after week. I'm sure there must be different strategies for each, but, uh, Whoever unmutes first, what is your, uh, have you been in the situation? Have you never been in the situation and you just don't know like what that is like or what has worked for you, Rob? Yeah. Uh, I've been basically 2021. It just, uh, (laughs) (laughs) the whole year. Yeah. No, it, it, there, I, I feel what Jacob is talking about because there are times where, it just seems that you get, you know, you have this great hand, you get it in, and and there's only one possible hand that that person could have that could beat you, and they have it, and it's jack five offsuit, and you go, right. how could they possibly have jack five offsuit in this spot or five seven offsuit? 
or some some stupid hand like that and you go how could they actually have that specific hand but then you have to tell yourself well what are they putting money in the pot if they don't have that hand mm. right so you have to you have to tell yourself that but i you know I, i'm reading what chris wrote in here too and and i know that feeling of tournament after tournament after tournament getting in good and getting outdrawn and losing the tournament and we always talk about and this is online you always talk well you could just load up another tournament well after a while you just don't even want to anymore because you don't want to you don't want to feel that anymore you don't want to you don't want to have to go through that anymore so i really understand that and one of the things i've done i started playing more cash I don't have the same um, entitlement in a cash game as I do in a tournament. So when I'm playing cash, I'm playing micro stakes cash, right, on ACR. So it's no big deal. I'm, you know, I'm paying $2 or $5 NL. And, but I feel much better about those situations. If I have pocket aces, I don't care. I'm going to get the money in. And if I get outdrawn, oh, well, it happens. I just reload and away I go. So I think there's a different dynamic that you feel between cash and tournaments. And that's kind of how I deal with it. I, I just go to cash where I don't have that same feeling. I like that a lot because yeah, it's, it's for me, the times when this is like, it starts to like get, you know, it's those high leverage spots in tournaments. And it's when you've been playing for hours Right. And you've been playing well and everything's building and you're like, here we go. And then you get one of these spots where like you get it in great and it's just runner runner and you're out and, you know, or you're like starting to get deep in a tournament and it just like keeps happening where you spend all this time, you get there, you get deep in a tournament and then you're suddenly out and there's nothing you could have done about it. Like you just, you just, you got it in good. You got it in with the nuts and then somehow it just all went to hell. And um, I was having a, a run like this um, um, kind of a couple months ago where it was just like, all just, it was just felt like, and I, I one of the things that I, um, I did notice about it, was that there was, it was definitely running bad. Like there was definitely that was going on, but my perception of that was way more elevated than the actual reality of it. So one of the things that helped me was because I could do it online and it was poker tracker as I like, I went back and I looked at, okay, the, over this course of this month where I, like, I feel like everything's been going wrong. I mean, the truth was like, I was losing the, my 80 twenties, right? I was losing those, like 65, I was more like 65, 35, right? Like, it, or, or it was 60, 40, maybe at the worst. So I was still winning. Like it just, it just, but it felt, I felt like, no, but it's supposed to be 80, 20. It's supposed yeah. to be 80, 20. Right. And so like, yeah, if I lose one out of five of these, fine. But like, I went back and I looked at it and it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Cause I would have told you, if you just asked me, yeah, every time I have, aces i lose now every time i have kings i lose and that's just not accurate right and so i think we start to build these narratives in our head and that starts and then what i really think is something to really watch out for because i you know i play poker i play poker because i like to win and i like to make some money but i play it because i enjoy it right but now i was finding like when i had kings 
I would just have this like overwhelming sense of dread and doom. Like, Oh God, here we go again. They're going to crack it. And then when it did, it was like, see, there it goes. (laughs) And, and, and I was not enjoying it. Right. It was like, it was like this feeling of like, I had, I had lost. So I needed to take a step back from that and really like notice that, that sense of dread and doom that I was having and try to really like figure out where that was coming from and how to, how to sort of like, get back to the part of the game that I enjoyed. Yeah, John. Yeah, I, I've had uh, definitely had downswings. One thing that helps me is, you know, I, I track all of my sessions and I remember there was this one month. Uh, this was all in cash games. And I just felt there were several times that I felt like I should have come home with some enormous wins. And I just felt down and dejected. And at the end of the month, as it turns out, I was still up like $15 or something insignificant. Um, but it, my perception of it was like, I, I thought maybe I'd lost a thousand dollars. So, you know, my perception was definitely way off. So there's a few things I try to remember. One, I, I go back to something that David Sklansky wrote. And that is that skill will win out in the end and the true odds will come true fruition. However, one human lifetime may not be long enough for those odds to actually realize themselves. Yeah. So there's just variance. The other is that no one is almost known at least is ever as good as they think they are when they are running well. And they are never as bad as they think they are when they are running poorly. So you just kind of have to take it all, all in stride. And some days the cards are going to be with you. Some days they aren't. Um, Particularly talking live, it's hard to put enough volume in to really achieve your, and results to really understand what your true win rate is. Uh, so I like everything Chris said, taking a step back, um, particularly right now when I don't go to the card room and play very often, I could easily go for a month and, you know, have a losing month, but cause that might only be two or three sessions, you know, and you just have to, Remind yourself why you're playing the game. And for most of it, it is to have fun. So figure out how to still do that while you are working on improving your game and try to be really look at it. Take notes, do the the odds calculations and really understand because the human brain's perception, it's horrible at actually understanding the true odds that are happening you know we're our brains are much more focused to overweight things that are triggering us whatever they may be good or bad yeah and i think one thing that's come up in this conversation before is that large field mtts are just the worst possible place for bad beats to happen like of you could be playing cash, you could be playing small field MTTs. Um, if you're playing large field MTTs, 
then you're investing hours and hours and hours into every single tournament that you play. And for some stupid bad beat to happen on like six hours in, maybe you haven't even made the money yet, um, but it like takes you out of this tournament. What That lost time just feels terrible. And I think that's probably live in particular, where it's not like you can just enter into another tournament. Um, that that cost feels greater. So I think players that that are playing a lot of large field MTTs probably experience that sting uh, of the individual hand, you know, of that spot a little more keenly than some of the other uh, players out there. Um, and I think uh, Chris puts in his Discord response here that he would just start to stop watching the runouts. That's that worked for me I, when I, I used to play a lot more online. And I would play multiple tables and it was routine for me once once the decision making was done to just move on to the next hand. And I I I haven't, you know, if I'm multi-tabling, I'm really not watching runouts because I'm gonna know who won <laughs> when it's my turn to act on that table again. And that really helped. Um, that really helped me just kind of divorce myself from the outcome uh of of my decisions because. I'm just not like steeping myself in it and like watching it happen and being triggered in that way. And you're not, you know, like sometimes uh, like what I did, one of the things just to add to this really quickly, like if you have a Kings versus Jacks thing, if you sit there and watch it and like a Jack comes and a King comes on the river, right? Like, so you actually won, right? But you, you had Kings versus Jacks, you win with Kings, but you don't put yourself through the like, <laughs> oh, come on, you know, yeah. like that kind of whole goal. Yeah. Just, yeah. You just show up and be like, hey, I won. I was supposed to win. I won. So, you know, it's, you don't have to go through all that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Um, and I guess, you know, like we talk about first world problems, right? Like one of the things I was complaining about in Las Vegas in this amazing life that I have where I get to play in multiple world series of poker bracelet events and like stay in a hotel on the strip and play cash games. And like, I'm having the trip of my life, but you know, every time I'd play in a tournament, I would just, I would know that I hadn't hit a set in any of the tournaments I'd played on this entire trip. So it was, it was like, I'd get a pocket pair and, and like, as if we're entitled to flopping sets, but uh, it was just this weird thing where uh, if Jamel Cuevas is listening, who I went to Montreal with uh, several or a year ago or something like that, he'll know my only way to make money is flopping sets. That's that's the only way that I profit in poker. I just I get pocket pairs to the flop. I flop sets. Step three profit. That's all there is to it for me. That's my only trick. Um, and so without having that arrow in my quiver. Uh, I really, you know, I had to actually like make good poker decisions and beat people at poker, which is, I don't, I don't really suggest that if you can just make a living flopping sets, I'd encourage you to do that. But um, it it was, you were getting to that point where it's like, am I ever going to flop a set again in my life? It's like, what are you actually complaining about, son? (laughs) Taylor, do you have something there? Yeah. I, I mean, the, the whole point of like what we're talking about here is just, you know, just understanding like what happens in s- small outcomes in, you know, instances where probabilities are at play. And I think that's what John said. People have a really bad understanding of like how those things can play out and they focus so much on the short term uh, and things like that. Cause you could flip a coin, you know, a hundred times and within that 
hundred coin flipping, like you're going to have an instance where it was like tails seven times in a row and, and stuff like that. And it's like, how can I lose seven flips in a row? And it's like, it's going to happen. And if you keep doing that, you know, expand it from a hundred to a thousand to 10,000, whatever it may be like that number, it, it's going to happen. And you're going to be part of that. And that instance is going to like hit you the hardest and you're going to be so hyper aware of it. And the other thing uh, that we're talking about too, sometimes it, it can feel bad seeing other things go on while you're in this downswing because there is a su- survivorship bias when it comes to Twitter postings, people talking mm. and you see stuff like this. You you go out there and you see someone took a, a picture of their chip stack in the cash game and they, you know, they won eight buy-ins at a, at a cash game table or someone ran deep in a tournament and you go, Oh man, like that could be me. That could be me winning, you know, all these buy-ins in one instance. And you kind of get that feeling. It's like, well, I can't even win a flip. How am I supposed to win a tournament when I can't win a flip? And you get into all these different types of things. So it always can be really tough. And one thing that I saw on Twitter uh, during this world series, and I don't know how true it is. It sounds true enough to me, but I'll pose it out to the group. Uh, but someone essentially ran a simulation and said, okay, say you have uh, an above average player. They have a average ROI of 40%. So even better than an average player, you know, pretty good crusher. If they play a world series of events, what's the probability that they end that profitable? So 40% ROI it's the the World Series. What probability do they have of having a profitable summer? I'm going to let some of our more math focused members uh, uh, jump in here. All guesses are fine. I'm going to. So I, it's probably going to be depressingly low based on <laughs> this, but but uh, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess thirty percent. I'm going to guess ten. I'm going to guess like, and they're doing a full series. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know exact context and like, do they scale all the buy-ins and stuff like that? Whatever it may be, but it just saw the the snippet. I'd guess closer to something like fifty percent. Jimmy, you have a guess, or should I? Uh, no, bring it on. <laughs> Tell us. Uh, according to it, Chris got it spot on. They have a thirty percent uh, profitability rate, so seventy percent of the time they're going to have uh, a losing summer. Uh, which is crazy. Like if you ask me, Hey, you can have a 40% ROI playing the world series of poker. Oh man, sign me up. Like I take that in a heartbeat, but uh, just, you know, a small series of events and all that stuff going on 70% chance to lose money. And it's the crazy thing about tournament poker and like, it shouldn't surprise anyone, but like you need large samples to like really get at what true means would be. Like John said, sometimes you don't even have, (laughs) <laughs> enough time it, it may take more than a lifetime to recognize some of those things but it can be crazy so um you're going to go through downswings you're going to see those things and i guess my one piece of advice uh for jacob when he's saying this is the largest down downswing of his life it's the largest downswing of your life so far <laughs> there, <laughs> there will be this one and there will be ones after that are yep. worse and yep. it's going to happen and it it will be because Whenever poker players look at things, uh, they look at a graph and they look at the peak to the valley. Um, and it doesn't matter that like you get you got way up to the peak and then you slowly went down to the valley. Like 
it, you're going to see that peak to valley and go, oh my gosh, how did I lose that much over this time frame and stuff like that? But it's going to happen. And Jacob's a good enough player that he's he's going to be on a bigger downswing in his future. Uh, so will a lot of us. And it, that's just how it goes. Yep. And the other, the other thing, just to quickly add to that, and I love what Taylor said there, is is there the the I think the thing that we want, and the thing I liked about Jacob's post here is there, and I've noticed this in myself too, like, but that the dangerous thing, right, is if we start to doubt. I mean, there may be good reason to doubt, like we should have self-reflection and we should look back at our play and say, oh, well, there's a reason I'm losing all this time because I'm doing some dumb things. (laughs) But there are there are things that I think we start to even question, like the good decisions we're making, we're kind of start to say, well, I keep losing. And we, we do start to maybe start to doubt our own play. And that, I think, can be a really troublesome development. And it's something that we need to be aware of. And, and really start to attune ourselves to, to that sort of the decision-making process rather than the results. And, you know, we often talk about don't be results-oriented, but one of the ways that that can really sort of seep in where we're not realizing it is in that sort of like doubt and like that kind of like, well, maybe, maybe I shouldn't do X, Y, Z so much. Maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't push and maybe I need to be a little bit more passive in these spots and you'll start to actually play worse because you're having these sort of like high variance moments go the wrong way. And that can be a a side effect of this that you want to be really cognizant of and careful of. Yeah. Yeah. Some people even get to the point where they hate playing ace King or something like that. (laughs) There you go. I hope George is listening. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was also going to, to mention, you know, uh, with those odds thing, so that 40% player, if you just play one tournament, you probably are, you know, cashing 30% or less of the time, which means 70% of the time you're losing money. So in a World Series, you're maybe playing the top players play 30, 40 events or something. I Well, maybe more. I don't know. But it, it's it'd be pretty easy to have happened. They've also done studies when they've asked people to make up what they think a random flip of a hundred coins would be. And they can always tell the big difference between the ones that people make up and the real ones are the real ones have much longer strings of just, tails or heads people think that because something is even odds it should be even every time but it's perfectly within normal statistical distributions to have 10 heads in a row and that's why a martingale betting system will not work folks so take that from uncle jim all right Uh, uncle jim your betting buddy uh the odds are still out there to crush you if that's your system don't do it all right, sorry, Chris. Did you have something you wanted to jump in with there? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of related. It's it's and and because of that, because those strings exist, just because you've lost ten flips in a row doesn't mean you're owed the eleventh right. one, right? Like, and I definitely start to feel well. Now it's my time, and then it's like, come on, what, how could I lose this one? I've lost ten in a row. But you're not. It's it's still fifty fifty this time, even though yeah. you've lost. Yeah, yeah. I'll go through. 
I'll go through and I'll count. Well, the last eight times I had a pair, I didn't flop a set. And yeah. I'm supposed to flop on one in eight times. So I'm putting my money in because here it comes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, well, there's two two techniques that you can use that we, we haven't talked about yet. And then we'll wrap this baby up. Um, we've heard some great ones already. Sort of like take a break, clear your mind study more, you know, gain that confidence in the bread and butter plays that you know are are winners and don't hesitate to pull the trigger on those. Um, change the scenery, you know, play a different game or something like that. Um, there's lots of ways to kind of, uh, a change is as good as a rest. Um, one of my favorites is from our own Keith Brandt or Monkey System, a member of the Wrecking Crew here. Uh, Keith runs a monthly study group working on tools that you can use when you're not on the felt, off-table tools. And um, he's often saying that what helps him is holding on to that feeling of having laid a bad beat on somebody else. The reciprocal experience. Um, when you're when you're running really good. And when you're the one who spikes the eight when you need it to send the guy with aces home, really soak that in and try and like make that feeling something that you can concretely visit again in the future, because there's going to be ups and downs to every poker career. And if when you're on the downside of it, if you can kind of hold on to that experience a bit, it'll help remind you that, you know what, there are two sides to this coin. And I, I, I'm feeling the downside of it now, but I know that there is an upside and maybe that'll be one way of getting you through it. Um, the other one is the Jim Reed patented toe stub approach, which is I, I completely give in to my despair and frustration and just allow myself to be angry and pissed off for as long as I would be if I had just stubbed my toe really badly. And having that release or just that sort of like freedom to kind of go through all the stages of anger really quickly. Uh, it does kind of help me process it and just like get that out of my system. Okay. I went and shouted outside for a minute and now I can limp back in and kind of like leave that behind me. It has left my body. Um, so yeah, I, I give everyone permission as long as you're not doing something mean to somebody else in that time, to take as long as you would take if you had stubbed your toe really badly and just be pissed off and like feel like it's unfair and not right and that you don't deserve it. And then get that out of your system and get back to being a professional at the table and uh, and go on and crush. Yeah, Rob. So what, what Keith is saying is that you should revel in your schadenfreude. Yes, yes, exactly. Steep yourself. In the losses of your enemy, in the pain of those that are on the other side of the table, so that you can use that to raise yourself even higher and to reach greater heights than you would be able to otherwise. I think that's that's exactly it, Rob. Well, that's why uh, you never say you're sorry in poker, right? Right. When, yeah. when I hear somebody say that at the poker table, I think, what, what are you saying? Come on. You're not sorry. <laughs> you you won the chips. You are not yeah, sorry. I guarantee right. it. You're I, just saying that to try to make me feel better, and it's not. I, I do hear it up here on the Canadian tables from time to time. I think some people are genuinely I can oh. imagine. <laughs> Sneak out the old sorry, eh? Uh, it's just, you know, because we're, we're commiserating, um, but we're not really sorry. We just you know, would prefer that you not be so pained, but we're, we're not sorry. No, 
we're going to take it. We're going to take it on. All right. Well, we got some really good comments uh, in the um, in the Discord here, and I'll just remind folks again: rec slash community slash Discord. Yeah, you'll find the invitation to join. Um, so th- my thanks to Jacob for putting that out there, but also some great other comments. Uh, type login, Elvita, uh, Keith Brandt is in there as well. Uh, Chris Jones, uh, Eric Anderson, just a bunch of people um, that contributed their own stories and and uh, solutions in there as well. So I want to thank them, and I want to thank uh, Running Aces Hotel Racetrack and Casino and Mark Pershawn at Website Amp. John Kroll for joining us tonight. Taylor, Chris, Rob, and John, and mostly you, the listeners. We can't do it without you. Thank you. Thank you.